the Go Gopher podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number 103. I am Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to the podcast. We're talking Golden Gopher hockey today with Minnesota senior defenseman Carl Fish of St. Paul. We'll find out how he's feeling about the midway point of the season with the Gophers, what the next few weeks might look like, and we'll dive into his unique path to becoming a Golden Gopher. You're going to enjoy our conversation with Carl Fish. It's on the way. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by alumni-owned Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone, and True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business valuation started today. Make the most of your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union is also one of our big sponsors on the Go Gopher podcast. Life math is complicated, and Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union makes it easier with local financial experts available to help in person or virtually. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union sponsors our player profile segment supporting gopher student-athletes like Carl Fish for his appearance on the podcast today. Score your own goals, they're happy to make the assist. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union. We're also sponsored by Cub. Cub, a proud sponsor of the Go Gopher podcast. In a hurry, don't worry, Cub delivers. Get fresh meat, produce, everyday essentials, and more delivered to your door. Cub is the official grocer of the Golden Gophers and proud to support Gopher Athletics for over 20 years. We're podcasting episode 103 from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We invite you to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to do so. You can also go back and listen to the Go Gopher podcast from previous weeks. Last episode, episode, for example, I recap some of my favorite gopher sports moments from 2023. If you have a chance, definitely go back and listen. It's certainly timely right now. This week, we're talking golden gopher hockey with defenseman Carl Fish, who will join me next. When we say that cub milk is the freshest in town, we mean it. Less than 48 hours from farm to store fresh. We guarantee seven days or more of freshness. It all starts with local dairy farmers who take great care in making sure all the cows are happy and healthy. We support local farm families 365 days a year. And that makes our milk even more delicious. So you always get the freshest milk and the biggest smiles. I'm Clay Geary, walk-on, turn scholarship, wide receiver for Gopher football. And I'm Ben Utech, U of M alumni, Super Bowl champion, and Tony Dungy Uncommon Award winner. We understand championship culture, which is why we're part of the True North family of companies. True North invests in only elite teams, like the champion team at Sunbelt Business Advisors, Minnesota's largest seller of companies. To learn more about True North and our diverse family of independently owned companies, visit truenorthequitypartners.com. It's episode number 103. In fact, it is our two-year anniversary for the Go Gopher podcast. How about that? We're glad that uh, folks have been listening, have been enjoying it, and that uh, we can keep going. And we're going to talk some hockey today on our podcast. Carl Fish, St. Paul native, St. Paul Johnson, class of 2018. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you this morning? I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How was the holiday break? Did you, you guys all need that just to rest, recuperate, get recharged? Um, I always have a lot of fun, uh, you know, just taking some time away from hockey, you know, middle of the season. Um, 
one big thing you get to see your family. Everybody goes home, get to spend some time with them. Uh, obviously, you see them every weekend, but it's it's a little bit different when you get to go home and eat yeah. mom's cooking again and <laughs> have some fun with your siblings. So. You still get presents? Did you get dopes of presents? From I did mom get and some dad? presents. Yeah. Yep, nice. yep, and a couple from Santa as well. Oh, so. Santa's still coming by the fish house. That's yep. great. He doesn't uh, miss it. What'd you get? Did you have a favorite one? Um, I did just replace my TV, so really? that was probably nice. A good one for me. So what do we go with? What's the new one? I think it was a 55-inch. Perfect. Nothing better. Nothing better. Yeah. I asked for a smaller one, but my mom upgraded me. So. Beautiful. Got to love, love her. Got to love that. No no doubt about it. Um, we'll get into some of your background as well and uh, probably talk more about family and, uh, you know, your path to the U. But I want to talk about the season as it goes now. You guys, as we talk, it's Wednesday. You're just coming off of a series split with Colorado College coming off that holiday break we just talked about. Um, give me an assessment. Where do you think this group is and where do you think this group can head here? Is it roughly the midway point of the season, particularly if you want to get to where you want to get to. It is about the midway point. Yeah, we um, we got a weird dynamic going right now. Um, you know, the past couple of years, we've had a lot of good players come through here, and they they kind of made it a little bit easier for us to know what, what kind of team we had and everything. And um, I think this year we have to kind of change our identity a little bit, mm-hmm. and we're kind of settling into what we what we know we need to be and how we need to play. And it just depends on if we're willing to do that two nights a week and come out and play. Yeah, it seems that that is one of the things, right? It's it, There's been a lot of nights where, or a lot of weekends, where it's a win and a loss or a win and an overtime game or what have you, where one night, like this week, for example, on Tuesday night, you know, you get the three goals from Snuggerud, you win at 6-2. to two. It's it's uh, Nothing's easy, so I don't want to say that it's easy, but it looked easy as we're as I'm watching on TV. Uh, day before on Sunday, um, get the early goal, give up a goal, and then the next thing you know, you end up on, on the wrong end of it. What do you think is a key to, to getting that, as you mentioned, that dynamic uh, to the point where, all right, we're going to put together, you know, back-to-back nights where where we're going to play relentless hockey the way that everyone, uh, you know, has been playing over the course of the time here. You know, I think I think one of the biggest things is, is if we, you know, buy into what we need to play like. Um, you know, I, I think every hockey player can attest to it. It's really nice to make a fancy move and score a nice goal and, you know, it goes all over social media, that kind right. of stuff. Um but we got to come to the fact, you know, where that's not going to happen every time. Um, and I think a lot what we have struggled with right now are turnovers. Um, that's a big thing. And I know I can attest to it. I've had a couple bad ones myself. Um, but I think if we limit those, like you're going to see a lot more games that we had on Monday than the games we had on a Sunday. Yeah, and and you mentioned it from that standpoint. I think uh, Coach Motzko's talked about it. Um, obviously, you guys have talent. You've shown flashes. I mean, you're ranked in the top ten still, or top twelve, whatever it is. Um, so it's not a panic button push or anything. There's the there's been flashes where it's like might be the best, you know, six minutes of any teams played in the country. And then here all of a sudden you've got, you know, uh, a, a eight minute stretch where there's two catastrophic turnovers that end up in the net. So I suppose the process is how to maximize more of what I talked about earlier, the good stuff and minimize the, the catastrophic because you, you can survive turnovers. Yep. Um, but there's been some catastrophic ones, which is interesting, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit weird because, you know, I've I've, you know, the past three years it's been a lot of fun and a lot of you know it's been real easy easy coming and then uh, I think this year it's a lot more buy-in hard work getting back to the simple game the easy game and um, you can definitely see how much better college hockey has gotten just over in those that yep. four-year span so um, you really 
got to think like how hard college hockey is and how hard it is to score and to play and it's demanding on the body and so it's uh it's something you just got to take into in the factor of you know playing the right way and getting back to the olden days you know yeah and then too i mean let's face it just in terms of personnel wise you you go from lacombe and faber and uh johnson and and others that have been around the block those three guys are you know have all playing in the nhl favors and the calder cup conversation and i well, i'm gonna ask you about brock your old roommate here in a minute too but um and then you kind of bring in there there's the middle guys where you guys were you know, coming up with those guys. And now you're kind of taking that role over and bringing in really talented young defensemen, right? But they're young. And so there's that dynamic, right, where you're all trying to figure out in the defense core where where things fit in and, and where guys should be and how to handle pressure and all that, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of you kind of got to take over the factor of teaching the freshman defenseman what college is like and how how we play and how everything goes so it's it's kind of like a learning process at the same time of you know trying to better your own game so um it's been kind of weird trying to be the leader there and teach the you know the freshman and we have a lot of sophomore defensemen too that are still learning a little bit um yeah, being being a senior gets a little bit complicated. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're, uh, you're you're trying to figure everything out, and then you got Kester, I suppose, who's providing some of that leadership as well. What's it like to have him? And I know he was injured early, and certainly that uh, you know probably uh, slowed some of the early start of the season. What's it like now having him back at full strength? And man, I love watching that kid play. I mean, I've been roommates with him for <laughs> for four years now, so yeah. I know him on and off the ice. Uh, but I mean, having him in the locker room, having him you know out of practice during games everything he's he's basically exactly what you want a leader he he vocalizes what he wants what we need to do um and it seems like everybody in the locker room respects him and it's just somebody that you want to go go and play with so yeah. i mean he's he's definitely a character that i would love to have on my team <laughs> coach Machko, uh i've been in a few of the media briefings with him and he's he's been relatively calm around us in terms of I think the term he always uses, I've seen this movie before, um, they're talented, they're, it's going to get there, we've seen how the book reads, all this stuff. Um, now that said, I'm guessing he's not always that calm with you guys when things go, but but how, how do you think that the coaching staff has done in trying to get everybody on the same page and get you through into where you want to be playing? Yeah, um, definitely on the bench, he's, he's a yeller, <laughs> he likes to yell, yeah. but I think everybody has had a coach that yells or everybody has something like that, so it's... Yeah not really anything that shocks us but he does a great job of afterwards in the locker room or during practice he he lets us know that nothing to worry about no no panic needed um obviously teams are going to go through these kind of things kind of phases and he does a great job of you know keeping us focused at working on certain things and we just have to buy in and start to figure those things out ourselves. Do you pay attention to where you are in the standings in the Big Ten, uh, in the pairwise, or do you just, I'm going to practice and work out this afternoon and just try to get better? Personally, how do you handle that? Uh, I kind of take it just one day at a time. Yeah. I look at our schedule and I see, all right, we got workout and practice today. <laughs> there we go. I'll just do everything I can yeah. for today, and then when I wake up tomorrow, I'll figure out what we got that day. Um, I try to stay away from you know the pairwise, the rankings, all that, because 
because once you start thinking about that, I feel like I start to lose track of certain games and, you know, what games matter, what games I think don't matter. And, you know, the reality is every weekend matters. Every yeah. game matters. doesn't matter who you play. doesn't matter what you do. It Everything matters. So I try and stay focused on what's coming up next in the recent future and not try and look at the big picture. Yeah, anyway. it's probably smart. Leave that uh, worrisome stuff to us and the media, right? Or, or uh, maybe there's some coaches who, who will keep an eye on that just to kind of have a grasp of where it is. Um, as the uh, second half uh, unfolds here, as we just mentioned, coming off the, the CC series, and then you've got Robert Morris this weekend. Um, I probably should look. I probably should know this. I don't, I don't remember the Gophers playing Robert Morris in the recent past. So maybe it has happened. Um, but what, what, I mean, we're on Wednesday. This was a funky week because you had Sunday, Monday, and I think off yesterday, Tuesday. So you're probably today and tomorrow just kind of learning a little bit about Robert Morris and what the weekend might bring. Yeah, we have, we're just going into practice, going to get back to the basics, you know, get our conditioning back up and get guys healthy from this past weekend. Um, do quite a bit of film on what Robert Morris has to yeah. bring to the table and kind of study up on what their tendencies and habits are and just kind of go into this weekend looking to get two wins and come out a better team. From a mental standpoint, then knowing once you're through this weekend, you're back into the grind of the Big Ten. And those, not that anything, as you mentioned, every game's important, but now you've got stuff to play for, banners, and, um, you know, whether whether you pay attention to it, it does factor in. There's pairwise situation, conference standings, tournament seating, all that stuff. Um, how do you how do you uh, power through this weekend in a non-conference game? I think human nature for, like, like you know, if I, you know, for me, I'm just like, well, Robert Morris, get through that and then get into the Big Ten. How as a player do you have to handle that? I mean, for me personally, I kind of got to go into this weekend. Um, just got to think of this weekend like it is a Big Ten matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, got to do everything the right way, work on some of the habits that, you know, have gotten us into trouble. Um, and you can't just overlook a team and head into the next weekend hoping that you're going to get two wins. Yeah. I mean, it's something where you got to earn it. And, doesn't matter who you play, but it's going to be a hard game no matter who it is. So we kind of just got to get back to the basics and just go right back to work this weekend. Mentioned that uh, Mosco has talked about, hey, he's seen this movie before. He knows kind of what the ending might be because he has seen what talented teams do. Um, so how how what 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 do they work on to try to get where you guys want to be? And then how important is it for everyone just to to listen? Uh, I think that was maybe some of his main point is if they just listen, they're going to end up where they want to be, and we just got to get them to listen. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> you know it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, you know, you don't want to listen to coach. You don't want coach yeah. to be right. You yeah. want to be the one that's right. And um, I know us seniors and, you know, the grad seniors, you know, Nelson, Bredzinski, Close, we, uh, we've we been really harping at the younger guys saying, you know, Bob's been coaching for a lot longer than we've been alive. So I think he knows he knows what's going on. He knows what to do. And um, we got to bring everybody on board now. And we got to help them understand that you know Bob's right Bob's knows what he's talking about here so yeah, yeah. I think they would listen he's to us a few games I think they'd years. listen to us so <laughs> what um he there was a point at the season and I, I'd be interested to know if it's still that way where he was um telling us that 
you know, it's weird. There's not probably five hockey teams in the country where the coach is worried about, let's work on offense, let's work on offense, which is probably what you guys would rather do maybe. Um, are you guys still at that point, or is it now kind of a more broad brush that you're painting with? But I thought that was interesting that he's like, we, we just got to keep working on offense. We got to work on offense. And I'm thinking, okay, that does sound like fun. Yeah, um, I think we've switched to, you know, we got to work on everything <laughs> a little bit. Uh, as you can see, like on Monday, our offense kind of kicked in there. Yeah. Uh, but we're always working on offense, working on different ways to score, different things we have to do. Um, I think right now we're just trying to instill habits and details into our offense to where we don't even have to think. If we get tired, we know exactly where to go, where guys are going to be. And it just makes our lives a lot easier if we know how to do all that. Yeah, when you have a third period offensively like you did on on uh, Monday night, I, I always want to say Saturday because it's the two-game series, but on Monday night, um, and then Snuggerud gets the hat trick, uh, Pitlick has two goals, right, I think, if memory serves me correct. So, yeah, that nice third period to pull away. Um, can that, do you believe in momentum? Can that now take you into this weekend? Yeah, uh, you know, you know, we're just going off of that great, performance by Snuggerud there and I mean guy can shoot a puck man so I mean you see one of his shots going and it kind of fires you up on the bench and I think the game plan this weekend is just give him the puck we'll yeah. let him do it let from him now go. On. yeah he's coming off that great uh situation out in Sweden where he and three other gophers uh won gold medal which I'm, I'm going to ask you about as well but uh with Snuggy's shot um man I'm telling you there was there was I, I don't remember which goal it was on Monday um the the goaltender for Colorado College, the thing was in the back of the net before he could even get, I mean, maybe he was screened a little bit, but um, it's coming off his stick. I mean, it always has, but man, it looks like there's even a little extra pop right now. Oh yeah. I, uh, I had a perfect view of where that buck was going. So I'm standing on the bench and I saw him shoot it and it was going far side and it hit the inside of the defenseman's shin pad and went right to the other side. And I don't think the goalie had any time to yeah. adjust. Yeah. Or maybe he didn't even see it. And it's a he's got now. I mean, not now. I shouldn't say like oh, it just like happened this week. But um, where it's um, it's just such a quick flick too, right? I mean that that's what that separates like the all star players and then everybody else. I mean everyone's good at this level, right? Every player in the Big Ten can rifle a most every player can rifle a slap shot, a one time or whatever. But then what separates is just snap and it's poof, there it goes. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he he works on to get it so good. <laughs> Uh, I don't think if I shot a thousand bucks a day, I could shoot it like that. So he's got, he's got something to it that he doesn't want to share with us. Might be genetics, of course. His dad was very good, and maybe the, you know, the uh, the the tap of all right, your uh, your shot is gonna be uh, what your strength is. That could be part of it. Yeah, maybe that's it right know, there. That might be it. Um, now I assume over the course of time there are times where, um, if you know, I don't know how much you guys scrimmage or do drills, but how often do you have to face or try to stop him? Uh, you know, in, in, in a practice setting? Is it is it less during the season, I would assume? Um, usually early in the week, we'll do uh, one-on-ones or two-on-twos, just kind of defensive stuff. And I don't know how I always get stuck on his side, but <laughs> it's usually a Monday or Tuesday that yeah. I have to go against him. Um, but other than that, it's just regular five-on-five work or neutral zone work. So yeah. I don't really have to see any anything like that. Yeah. Um, 
when I do it go against him, it's if he's shooting the puck, I just put my stick there because I'm yeah. not I'm not blocking one of those. In no, practice. no, not in practice. You don't want to you don't want to sacrifice there. I feel bad uh, for whichever goalie also has to try <laughs> to stop that throughout practice for sure. Um, how how close did you follow uh, your teammates in their track out in Sweden in the World Juniors? I love that event by the way. It's an awesome event. But uh, were you were you tracking and watching and paying attention? Yeah, we're um, we're trying to stay up to date on what they're their schedules like in the games um it's kind of hard to talk to them just with the time difference yeah. so didn't get to you know have many phone calls with them or whatnot but we tried to watch as many games as we could um and usually their games would fall right when we had practice yeah. at the rink so we got to watch it right after <laughs> right, right before yeah the yep. the, uh, the the team room so there. we'd have everybody loaded into the lounge and we would just be lounging in there watching the games so I think yeah. everybody was staying on top of how they were doing. So it was Renzel, Moore, Chesley, and Snuggerud. I think Steve Miller was there too, right? He was an assistant. So yep. um, there were a few uh, Gopher connections with that, with the gold medal. Um, did you see I, – I, I watched the gold medal game live and then watched the uh, celebration. Um, I thought it was cool the, that uh, entire American team singing the national anthem. They were uh, – they looked so full of joy. I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Oh, yeah. You could definitely tell that, you know – they kind of set apart their their colleges where they yeah. went to college, and they kind of decided to play for the United States of America. And I mean, that kind of shows what yeah. kind of a country we have here. It's kind of fun too, right? Um, and and I'm sure that they've talked to you about it. I remember even last year, I think I did a Zoom interview with with Snuggerud when he was last year out in Nova Scotia, and um, that 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 concept of okay, um, you're playing now with. Not against. Um, there's a there was a Badger on the team. I think there was a couple of Michigan guys. There's a Michigan State Spartan. There's what was it like four Boston College guys, a BU guy. All those teams you're going to face or could face uh, down the road. Um, but yet for that two week stretch, um, you know you got to create a bond somehow. Yeah. So I mean, you just got to put your differences aside and just <laughs> you're all hockey players. All That's hockey it. Players. So all, all playing for the USA for sure. That, oh yeah. No doubt about that. Uh, stay with us here. I want to talk for a minute about Affinity Plus, your local credit union, a proud sponsor of our Go Go for podcast here on episode number 103. Affinity Plus has been serving Minnesota since 1930. If you're a current Gopher student or a proud Gopher alum, you are eligible to join this financial that wants to build a meaningful banking relationship and put you first. You can meet with a local employee at any of their branches statewide, including right near campus in Minneapolis on University. To learn more or find another way to connect, go to affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have an award-winning mobile app as well. Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, and they support the gophers. They support the Go Gopher podcast, and they've provided Carl Fish with a $50 Visa gift card. So thank Thank you for coming on, and uh, certainly uh, thanks to Affinity Plus for helping out in in that way as well. Yeah, I appreciate it. They, uh, I also think they have an NIL with uh, Connor Kurth, one of your teammates. So that that's pretty cool as well. Um, as they say, they they've asked me to say this when we have hockey guys on: great products, support, and people. That's a banking hat trick. <laughs> there you go. There All right. Go. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Um, I want to talk about your path to the University of Minnesota because I think it's a, it's a unique one, right? Um, your your path uh, took you to Bismarck, North Dakota first um, from St. Paul Johnson High School, one of the the longtime traditional hockey schools, so to speak, in in uh, in the state and in the metro area. So, kind of walk us through that entire path. Yeah. So uh, it's a little bit different. Yeah. A little bit different. Um, when I was a senior, uh, you know, we just finished up. We lost in 
in the playoffs, you know, first round or whatever. So our season was done. Didn't talk to any, you know, null teams or whatever. So I applied to schools, getting ready to just go in as a student. I think I applied to Duluth, Mankato, um, North Dakota. With no plans to play hockey? No plans to play hockey, yeah. just to be a student, get my degree and, you know, go and go to work. And um, I got a late text in like May from the Bismarck scout asking me to come out to one of their camps. Um, so I did. And it was just like a weekend camp. And then afterwards they had me sign a tender with them to come and play for the next year. So that's, I got a lucky break with, yeah. with Bismarck. So you so put I off college. There. Yep. So I put that off and I went to go play in Bismarck for a couple of years. And then, um, that's when the U called and they offered me a, a scholarship here. So kind of hard to say no to the school you yeah. went to as a kid. So, um, that's how that's how I was recruited in as a gopher. Just think about that. If that one scout hadn't said something, you'd probably be out. Well, who knows where you'd be, right? You you would probably be out in the real world selling insurance and making a million dollars. But um, <laughs> but here you are as a gopher hockey player still, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how uh, one thing yeah. one thing doesn't happen, and I'm not sitting here right now. Yeah, and here you are. Um, what did the um, what what was your play at Bismarck? Uh, what 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 created the interest with Minnesota? And how many other schools were also kind of in on trying to get you to play college hockey? Um, I think there was about four or five schools with the U in there um, that were just kind of interested in what you know my size, my frame, uh, my skating ability, that kind of stuff. Uh, but kind of what sets them apart is, you know, I've lived 10 minutes away from yeah, campus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mom and aunt had season tickets growing up, so I'd come to every game, every home game I was here. Um, and it's just kind of like, I, it feels like home. Just yeah. like it, it was just like I had to, I had to come and be here. And you know, ever since I was like five. I've wanted to be a gopher. Yeah, so you so. Come, you came to games at Mariucci when you were a kid. Yep. Coming up through who are so who are like because I now I'm old. I'm like I used to make fun of old guys when they couldn't keep track of years and stuff. Now I'm getting to that point. So as you're growing up, who are the gophers on the team that you're following or idolizing, or you might have their poster up on the wall or uh, you know uh, wear their number on a team. Um, some some of the big ones that I remember watching were like. Uh, Galagoski, um, Wheeler, Akposo, um, who else? I remember seeing uh, Ben Gordon out there. Yeah. Now he's my now, coach, now he's so that's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even before or after they left, like Paul Martin, I would watch sure. him. Yeah. Um, Eric Johnson's another big one, Thomas Vanek. Um, I know my mom's a huge fan of Hala. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. She always keeps me informed on what he's doing. So <laughs> That's um, great. That's great. I saw. I think he's been in the league now ten years. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. Time goes so fast, right? It seems like it was just a few years ago he was playing for the Gophers, talking about Eric Howla, but um, he's been around the block now. So, what do you think changed in you from a senior in high school, good high school hockey player, no college opportunities, or at least none that you wanted to pursue, and then at Bismarck something clicked, or your play elevated, or people just noticed you because you were on a different stage? Um, probably the biggest thing is, you know, when you go to juniors, you're playing the best high school kids to come out of yeah. wherever, so you're not you're not the best one on the team anymore. Um, you know, growing up, I was always one of the better kids, the top guys to watch out for. Um, and then I got to Bismarck and I had to realize 
like all these guys are the exact same level as me. So something kind of flipped to where I uh, I had to change the kind of player I was. I, I wasn't as offensive as I was in high school, you know. I had to learn different tendencies, and um, it's a – juniors is kind of like a business first, and then it's a game second. Yeah. So once you start to mature and you get older and you learn about all that stuff, then it's – you kind of got to change who you are and the kind of game you have. And I think that's what prepared me to come and, uh, you know, play at the high level that the U plays at. Yeah. NAHL is the league. What, um, so what, what were some teams, um, where, where you would, you'd, I suppose, hop on a bus and, and go play? What, and that, that league's pretty expansive. There's teams in Alaska. And I know I have, uh, uh, acquaintances who are currently playing on a team in Chippewa Falls on, on the Steel, I think is the name of that. Yeah. Team. So take me through what that landscape of that league is like and how big of a grind it might have been. Yeah. So there's teams, you know, all over the U.S., you know, these teams down in Texas there's teams all the way out in like Boston and out east there and um luckily like my my division was the central division so we were um we were all kind of in the midwest region right there and so we're playing um you know like Austin Minnesota and uh I think back then it was down in St. Cloud yeah uh, Minnesota they had they had the team and up in Minot that was a good one just about an hour north of Bismarck and um I think Chippewa wasn't there yet, but it was um, where was it? Cloquet. Yeah, yeah. So those were those were the teams that those we would play against. And then, um, did you live with families then? Host families? Yeah, we had uh, me and my roommate George Granis. Uh, mm-hmm. We had two different host families. We had one the first year, um, and she just decided not to do it the next year. I think something came up and too much partying from you guys. Probably that probably is it. <laughs> but we stayed in touch with her. She yeah, came yeah. to all the games, so we were still friends with her. And, That's um, awesome. Then we moved into another family our second year. Who, I mean, probably the greatest family I've ever been a part of. Yeah. So I'm extremely grateful to both of them for yeah. housing me. And do you still t- t- touch a little bit with them? A little bit. Yeah. Um, every now and then, they're they're on Facebook. I'm not, yeah. so I think they stay in touch with my mom more sure. than me. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, I, I try and reach out to them every chance I get. Yeah, that's pretty. That, that, and that's kind of cool. And then um, road trips is just you. Uh, you is it a weekend series? You usually play, go into a weekend and play two games, or are there weeknight games too? Uh, every once in a while, you'll play a weeknight game, yeah. like a Monday or Tuesday night. You'll play, but for the most part, it's a Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday yeah. off. So it's like a college schedule. Just like a college schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the biggest adjustment then from from Bismarck to then coming in and playing uh, with the Gophers in the Big Ten? Probably the speed, um, you know, from high school to juniors, it definitely takes a step up on yeah. the level that guys can play at. And um, going from that to the U was an even bigger jump. So uh, you kind of got to get adjusted to who you are. And um, seeing the game from that perspective is definitely a challenge of its own. Yeah. And you mentioned when you went from St. Paul Johnson up to uh, Bismarck, you know, you weren't the best player on the team anymore. So that, uh, you know, triggered some different style of play. Did you find a similar thing then from Bismarck coming to Minnesota that the that now, again, you're not the best player. And now there's even better players and you're fighting even harder. Yeah, um, I, I had a lot of conversations with like coaches and um one big one is like Paul Martin. I had some conversations with him on like what did he what did he do? Yeah, you know he played a long time in the NHL, so he knows ins and outs of hockey. Um, and you know one of the biggest things that I took away from it is just uh, 
you know, take it all in. Yeah. You know, the first couple of weekends as a freshman, you're, you want to be the man on campus. You want to have everything. But he was saying, you know, sometimes when you don't get noticed, that's a good thing as a defenseman. Yeah, so it's the little things that, that I kind of come to appreciate nowadays yeah. rather than trying to be the big person. Yeah, you think about some of the um, some some of the guys that you that you can get uh, some wisdom from, and certainly Paul Martin would be one of those. Was that the best piece of advice he gave you? Were some other things that he told you and keys that maybe you're still using today when you play? Um, a lot of the other stuff were just kind of minor details in in like my game, um, just like stick position, um, different ways like to skate when you're playing defense, different different things to notice in other teams. Um, but I think, like, off the ice, that was probably the best one that he's given me. Yeah, that's great. Um, all right, I got to ask you, you mentioned uh, that Mike Mike Kester, Mikey Kester is your uh, one of your roommates. I know Faber, right, was one of your roommates. So h- how many, was it usually all defensemen that you guys are, are uh, sharing as an apartment or something, a house somewhere? No, it's uh, my entire class. So obviously, you know, Faber's, yeah. Faber's gone this year, but... Um, you know, my freshman year, it was me, Mike Kester, Mason Evers, and Brock Faber. And um, we were lucky because it was uh, me and Kester in one room, and then right across the hall is Faber and Nevers. And so just us in the dorms, you know, we just come into each other's room and just kind of watch TV, hang out. And then um, going into sophomore year, we just decided to get an apartment together. And so we live, all four of us live together for you know, freshman through junior here, and then, you know, obviously Faves decided to leave. And why, why, why can't he stay with you? Trust me, we were trying our best, but <laughs> I think something was saying he he yeah. was ready for the he, NHL. He, he, he was ready, even. But you know, the, you know, the X isn't that far. He could still be living with you guys and playing with the Wild, right? That's what I tried telling him. But you know, you know, maybe get a little complicated with with might, our two schedules. It might the complication <laughs> of the schedule. That's true. The nice thing would be you'd have a roommate who has that NHL paycheck now, so he could pay for the cable and the utilities. And yeah, that's kind of why I wanted him to stay. Want to stay, a little stay bit. right? Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, do you have any good uh, good uh, stories you can tell? Maybe, uh, you know, I mean, within reason, I'm sure that that house has had some fun times over the course of time. But what, what's it been, you know, what's it like having that group? I'm sure that's as close of a group as you can be now, right? Yeah, I mean, those three guys are, you know, some of my best friends. They'll definitely be in my wedding someday. You know, I'll probably have three best men. Yeah. Those three are them right there. Um, but it's just kind of like you wake up in the morning and, I'm always the first one up, so I'm always sitting out in the living room before they are. And every morning within 15 minutes, we're all laughing at each other. So um, it was a great dynamic that we had it. And uh, I feel like those friendships and those, you know, relationships don't come very often. And I'm just grateful that I was able to come in at the same time as those guys. And, you know, I get to call them some of my best friends now. That's what. That's one of the beauties of life uh, is uh, is how to how you can uh, you know when you're 18 or I guess in your case probably 20, right? You came in as a 20 year old freshman yeah. after the two years in Bismarck. But either way, you come into a college and um, don't know, maybe have heard of these guys. You probably had heard of those guys, you know, following hockey. But here you are, and now handful of years later you'd stay in just in fact i'm having um so i'm 53 now i'm having dinner tonight with a college friend of mine who's from lake city minnesota and so all these years later you still stay in touch with people and he was a roommate we we had we had 17 yeah. in the house oh so i don't a, think i could do that we had, a, we had a we had um yeah we had 
some fun in that house, but 17 guys. So we stay in touch. And all these years later, you're still, you know, I'm going to meet. He's in town for a, uh, he's a superintendent. He's in town for some meetings. We're going to meet for dinner. So anyway, the point is, um, uh, it's kind of cool. So Faber, how, um, how, how much do you get to stay in touch with him? I know the schedules don't mesh. Um, have you been able to go to some games and watch? Um, I mean, I'm sure he can hook you up with tickets, right? I mean, he could. We, we're we not the kind of people that would do that to him. I think we would rather buy the tickets yeah, than yeah. have him I buy them it. for us. Yeah. Uh, but we stay in touch, you know, not like we used to. Sure. But, you know, texts every now and then here and there. Uh, I think I've seen him like two or three times. So, yeah. I mean, he's definitely got a lot on his plate, so I don't want to bug him with anything. Yeah. But I just try and stay in touch and um, let him know that I'm I'm watching him and I'm staying in touch and just – don't want to lose him. Yeah. How cool is it, though, to see what – I mean, we knew he was a good player. We, You know, from day one, he was great with the Gophers, and last year was incredible. Um, and so I'm not going to say, oh, man, it's a – you know, I'm, I'm not that surprised that he's having success. But, man, he's really good. Like, he's really, really good right now. So how often do you watch him, and what's your assessment of how he's playing? Um, so we have YouTube TV back at our place. We got it for Red Zone because, yeah. you know, we're huge football guys. Fantasy but, football. Yeah. <laughs> but we uh, – we try and we try and watch the games that are on yeah. on the TV. Or um, most of the time, it's not on TV, so yeah. where we can watch it. So we don't we don't get to watch many of his games, but we're always checking the NHL app and seeing how he's doing. And we do the same thing with Lacombe and Nyes and yeah. Cooley. It's crazy. And right? you know, something happens. It's within thirty seconds. It's in the group chat with them. Yeah. So. We're always making sure they know that we're watching every single game. That, so. I think back following you guys last year, and comparisons always, P.J. Fleck always says, comparisons steal your joy. So I'm not trying to compare this year's team with last year's team. So I'm going to put last year's team just individually in this discussion. That was a pretty special group, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, last year it was it was a different team altogether just because everybody was on the same wavelength, I would say. Yeah, you know everybody wanted to win, and at the same time everybody wanted to be with each other. Um, it was kind of hard to do team bonding because it was just like us showing up to the locker room yeah. was team bonding. That was so it. yeah, um, that was definitely one of the best teams I've ever been on. Just not even hockey wise, but just for people wise. Yeah, and the relentless nature. I've had other guys on. I've had Faber and Brzezinski on this podcast, and others. Just the relentless nature that you guys went about it. I think I think that might be the most underrated part of that team last year because you knew you were good. Um, there would have been nights you could have slept, walked a little bit, and said, "We're we're really just waiting to get you know into the tournament." And really, they're outside of the you know the Thanksgiving deal at Arizona State last year, where it was kind of an off night. There weren't many off nights. It was just night after night after night, just putting out a great effort performance, and usually it ended up in a win. Yeah, um, that Arizona series was kind of funky. But <laughs> yeah. besides that one, I think it was just every weekend we showed up and we knew what we had to do. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, because I would think human nature would say, you know, you know how good you are. Um, we're going to make the tournament. Let's cruise into this thing on cruise control and then and then see where we go in the tournament. But that was not what you guys did. You guys every night were 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 dominant, you know? Yeah, I think we kind of just wanted to make a statement with yeah. uh, every weekend that we went into. We kind of wanted to prove to everybody that, you know, the Gophers are legit that year. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> 
yeah, it was a lot of fun being with those guys and hanging out with them and uh, definitely some relationships I'll have for the rest of my life. Yeah, no question about it. All right, so this year it's Robert Morris, or this week I should say, this year as well, uh, it's Robert Morris this weekend, then back to Big Ten play. Um, you're feeling better? I mean, in terms of health-wise, I know you got dinged up a little in that Ohio State series right before. Yeah, I had a pretty bad uh, back spasm in the Ohio State series, so uh that wasn't very fun for me. Um, no good, yeah. But I went and I I got checked up and I got everything fixed and I'm uh, back to 100%. Yeah. So I'm ready to keep her going the ready second to roll half. Through the second half. Well, hey, it was really fun um, hearing your story, hearing your background, um, hearing uh, your assessment of how the team's going. And uh, let's get this uh, thing rolling here in half number two. Yeah, I'm excited to keep it going here. All right, very good. There he is, our guest on episode number 103, Carl Fish, Golden Gopher from St. Paul. Our thanks to Carl Fish. He provided us with a sneak peek behind the curtain with this year's Golden Gopher hockey team. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Carl Fish has a bright future. The Go Gopher podcast is presented by Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or TN. NMA.com today. We're also partnered with Affinity Plus Federal Credit Union, a locally member-owned full-service financial invested in you. You can learn more at affinityplus.org slash gogophers. That's affinityplus.org slash gogophers. They have an award-winning mobile app as well. Banking for Minnesotans, with you from peewees to the pros. Also, Cub is a Go Gopher podcast sponsor. My Cub, my way. Cub's the official grocer of the Golden Gophers. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts and please be sure to click the subscribe button right now to the Go Gopher podcast. It's free to subscribe and free to listen at any time. And please share the link of the podcast with others so they can subscribe and listen as well. We'll talk again next week.